left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Left Field Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Michael Sun. Michael, thank you for being here with us. Part two of this recording, we had a little snafu the first go round. All my fault, all fall on the sword, but I appreciate your flexibility and agreeing to come back on and do this again with us. Absolutely, Chad. I'm happy to do it again. Second time's a charm. Pleasure there to be you go. here. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's right. We appreciate it. I'll totally fall on the sword for that first one. But really, really like having you on and want to share your story with the group. But why don't you start out just talking about who you are, where you're from, what do you do kind of thing first? Sure. So I guess first and foremost, I'm a husband and proud dad to two young kids. I've got a couple of little ones. Yeah, seven and four. (laughs) Our family lives outside of Seattle. So we actually just moved to the area from Northern California just a couple months ago. So a big move for us. I'd lived in the Bay Area for 22 plus years. My wife and kids were born and raised there. So we're definitely in the process of getting settled and getting to know this area and everything it has to offer, which has been great. In terms of what I do, I obviously invest soon to be a business owner. So in partnership with my wife this year, which we're really excited about that new path. And I do have a W2 job. So I work for a large technology company. I've been working in the tech industry for more than 15 years on the business side. So primarily in developing partnerships and business development. So it's interesting where we are now starting at the beginning of 2023. It's obviously a challenging time to be working in tech with all the news of layoffs and downsizing and what have you. And everyone's feeling that, certainly, the effects of that recessionary environment that we're in. But it does seem like there's a little bit of an outsized impact on tech companies and its employees. So especially now, it's such a good time, I think, to be thinking about and like working on building passive streams of income. So if you are a W-2 employee, you're not as reliant on that income alone in that specific job situation. Yeah, no, exactly one of the whys that I develop my passive income is because of you never know. And definitely, I just wanted the flexibility just in case, whether it was health related, whether it was job related, whatever economy. It's nice to have a little bit of security with that that nest egg building or that wealth building. 100%. Yeah. So congratulations on the new business too. That sounds exciting. Thank you. How do you step in out of the tech environment into the passive investing world? What was that journey like for you? Sure. So I made my first syndication investment in the middle of 2021. So about a year and a half ago, it was in a multifamily deal. I was introduced to the world of private syndications through a really good friend of mine. And she had joined a private equity firm that was focused on value add multifamily real estate investing. It was a perfect time for me back then because I was already looking to further diversify into investments that were outside the market, right? So things that were uncorrelated with the market. And as we got into it and talked more about what she was working on, it sounded really interesting to me. And frankly, I didn't do a ton due diligence on that deal. It really sort of relied on the firm's track record, which was strong, the quality of the founding partners, one of which was a shared professor of ours at during business school. 
So made that investment and then made a subsequent multifamily investment in one of their deals a couple months later. That time around, I definitely did take a more focus or made more focus into the pro formas and the assumptions and the business plan and all that. Uh, so felt good about that. And after that, it was sort of off to the races from there. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I still probably invent something new to look at in my due diligence with a deal, with every new deal I do still. You know, there's another layer of the onion to look at, especially as the economy changes as my strategy changes, it definitely opens my eyes to different elements of a deal that maybe I didn't pay attention to in the previous few or whatever. So I think you need to be prepared to be fluid with how you analyze deals as well. So yeah, I think that's good advice. I agree. And especially with different asset classes, right? I mean, I think you see a lot of the same type of elements, but each is, is unique. So you have to account for that too. I think. No, I think that's very good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So you've gotten into a couple of deals. You've started in the journey through this. As you've been progressing through this, we've kind of hinted on this a little bit, but maybe you could speak to some resources that you've utilized along the way to help you get engaged in this space and feel comfortable about pulling the trigger. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, after I had seen kind of what was possible after investing in a couple of deals, I just dove in and tried to learn as much as I could with po books, podcasts, webinars. This is where I kind of learned about different asset classes, different ways to tap into capital, right? So for example, I had all this IRA money that was sitting there kind of in the market and I realized, okay, there's a way to kind of make that more self-directed so you have a little bit more control over where those investments go and leverage more money to invest that way. But in terms of really good podcasts that I've stayed with since then, I guess I could call out a couple that I really like. So one is Wealth Without Wall Street. Those guys do a great job of just kind of giving you the holistic view of like financial freedom and all the elements that go into it. I think Buck Joffrey's Wealth Formula podcast is a good one. You know, I learned specifically about cash value whole life policies there through his podcast and kind of applied that shortly after I got investing more passively. In terms of books, really, really recommend The Lifestyle Investor by Justin Donald. So like tremendous insights into creating a life by design, time and financial freedom. It's really informed how I think about investing in general, but also life and I've gotten to know Justin a little bit. He's just a great guy, super sharp. So those things are obviously a little bit more like solitary endeavors, right? Doing things on your own. But I honestly think what really ramped my learning and my confidence was just networking with people. I came upon Leftfield Investors in late 2021, and it was just eye-opening. It was amazing to have a place to kind of talk about this world without getting those blank stares from people that you <laughs> may have conversations with. And I quickly became an infielder. So just a quick plug for that. So critical, you know, being able to jump into the forums. You know, I started by lurking and then slowly over time, I started contributing and kind of asking questions. I did a whole bunch of one-on-ones that Leftfield Investors really helped facilitate. And then just to kind of understand what other people were doing and what their strategies were and kind of trade notes. And then I hooked on with a group of fellow LFI members to invest together. And what we ended up doing over the course of a year was really invest in a number of different things like a short-term rental fund, a multifamily fund, mobile home parks. So that's been amazing. And I even spoke to people who were 100% passive, who had essentially retired from their day jobs and found a ton of inspiration from them, right? Just to kind of understand like what that path looks like and get, again, build some confidence around that. Do you love coffee? Have you ever wanted to invest directly in the coffee industry? You can invest now in the number one largest coffee producer in the country of Colombia, the Green Coffee Company. Headquartered in the U.S., they are now Colombia's largest coffee producer and have opened their $100 million Series C funding round to accredited investors. 
The Green Coffee Company has over 7 million coffee trees and is on track for a 2026 sale or IPO projecting an 11x ROI for investors. Discounts are available for early funding, but there's limited capacity available. To invest, visit legacy-group.co and click the Current Offerings tab. That's the Current Offerings tab at legacy-group.co. Madison Investing is on a mission to democratize passive investing and make private real estate syndications and funds accessible to all accredited investors. To do so, Madison Investing developed Blueprint, a seven-part course that educates investors on how to develop an effective passive real estate investment strategy. Learn how syndications and funds offer investors a way to own a part of multifamily properties, self-storage businesses, and other asset classes with limited liability and potential for regular distributions while achieving strong ROI. For a limited time, Madison Investing is offering our listeners blueprint for free at madisoninvesting.com slash blueprint. Madison Investing CEO Spencer Hillegas is a registered representative of Finalis Securities LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Investing in real estate while capable of producing attractive returns entails a high degree of risk, including illiquidity of the investment and loss of principal. It's nice to hit these milestones that just kind of reiterate that, yes, this does work. And yes, this is a real thing. I know when my first deal went full cycle, I I was like, I can now say I've been full cycle in a deal. That was a big threshold to get over and say this works. So it's neat to hit those and hear from people that have been there to let you know that that track record does exist. But then once you start seeing it yourself, then it's pretty neat. But it sounds like you really got diversified then as well across asset classes anyway. I did. Yeah. And then by virtue of the fact of being in that group, in that tribe, I think we made a a lot of investments. So I'm up to like about 15 or 16 in total. Wouldn't have ramped that much, obviously, without being a part of that group. So it's been huge. That's nice. That's a yeah. good, another good resource to get into. So as you've been plugging into this for a couple of years now, can you speak to some lessons learned or some advice that you might have for those that are step two behind you or just even general public? You never know what nugget people will take away. But what have you learned along the way you might be able to share? Sure. So I really believe because I jumped kind of quickly into it, right? Without really thinking too much, but taking a step back and really trying to answer the question about like, what is your why? What is this all for? What am I trying to accomplish and why? Is it to have time freedom? Is it to build generational wealth, to spend more time with your family and your kids? And then from there, I think once you have that sort of ultimate motivation in mind, it'll help guide you, right? In terms of your strategy, as far as do you want to prioritize cash flow, appreciation over time, or some kind of hybrid. So taking that first step, I think, since subsequently done that, as opposed to kind of starting with it. That's one lesson. Coming back to the networking thing, I remember there was a period when I just kind of pushed myself to say, okay, I'm going to try to meet someone new in this space every week, right? And just set a goal. Leftfield Investors, LFI, great place to start for that, obviously. It's not the only place, of course, but once I feel like once you have enough of those conversations over time, you'll probably get to a place where you have like a couple, two to three go-to confidants, right? People who you just really click with, you have a good chemistry with, and then that's when you can really sort of go deeper and share more of what you're doing. Coming back to investing in, in a tribe and, and doing it that way, there's less risk. You get more exposure to deals. You get to see more of how operators do their thing, do their business, communicate. And then the last thing I'd call out is just like mindset. 
there will be times when you're going to have some doubts, right? Because I remember you sort of make those first few investments and there's a time lag that doesn't kind of hit you right away, right? To your point earlier, it might take some time for you to go full cycle. It could be years, right? So during that period, when you're sort of trying to see if this really works, you might have doubts. People might question the strategy, especially those who are close to you. So just being committed, right? And pushing through that, I think is super important. I think that's fantastic. I think those are all really strong nuggets to share with the group. Yeah, I recall getting all my capital deployed and then being in that law, it was almost the depression. I'd been engaged in this and looking at deals and everything. And now all of a sudden I was on the bench just waiting, which is the goal really of all this. That's right. To get to a boring part of it Mm -hmm. and just let it go, let the system work. But it was interesting of just how engaged I was and exciting it was to look at everything. And then that went away. And then you're right. Then people start asking, well, how's it going? We'll see. We'll see. So (laughs) forth. But that's all good information. Yeah. And this is where I think you come back to just the networking piece, right? And just continuing to talk to people and just getting different points of view and or finding other ways. If it's not just the actual investment part, just start thinking about, well, maybe I should think about tax strategy to support this or the entity structure that I've set up around it, sort of these complementary pieces to the whole puzzle. Absolutely. I think that's the best advice. What I always go back to is along the lines of what you said to begin with is really setting those goals and sticking to those goals and go back to them. There's a lot of shiny objects in this business. And I catch myself all the time asking myself, what is this really aligned to what my ultimate goal is right now? This sounds fun. Maybe this is an asset class I try down the road, but it doesn't work right now for what I'm trying to do. I have to be disciplined in that too. So So I think the clearer you are on those goals, the better you can follow them. Keeps you in your lanes, which I think is important without getting uh, (laughs) pulled down paths you don't, maybe you aren't really fully ready to do the vetting of and that kind of thing. 100%. Such a challenge. Yeah, you're spot Yeah, good advice. So all good stuff. Sounds like it's going really well. What are next steps? Where are you headed? What's in the near future? Sounds like the business is going to be a big deal for a while, probably. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we think so. I mean, it'll probably take us a few months to kind of get up and running, but we did choose a franchise recently and we've been mindful not to buy a new job, but really pick the right concept that's going to help us leverage managers and then over time look to scale that. And what I find really exciting about that is like, it's it's really going to be an engine for our passive investing over time. It's kind of like, there's only so much you can do kind of purely investing, but you kind of have to keep getting that capital growth, right? And I think this is the way that we see that to happen. I'm really looking forward to this year, just doing in-person meetings and conferences, building on the great one that you guys put on in Columbus back last fall. Yeah, I hope to see more of those, of course, looking to attend best ever this year, maybe a family office conference, but also just, I've joined a couple masterminds recently and those have been amazing. And just getting a chance to kind of meet those folks in person And then I just, I want to help educate as much as I can. I think what's really remarkable about this space that I've noticed is that people in it have been so generous and helpful in helping me get up to speed, helping, you know, just being generous with their time and their insights. And I do sort of want to pay that forward. Folks in my network, friends and acquaintances who are interested in learning more. No, I think that's great. I agree. We call left field a community, but the entire industry has a community feel to it, which I think is fantastic. It's what helped give me the comfort. People do seem to be very open. I mean, there's enough deals going around. People don't have to hoard information. That's right. It seems, which is just helps everybody out in this case, which keeps the machine running, which is nice. So it all sounds good, Michael. I appreciate, again, you coming on a second time and walking through your story again. It sounds like you're really off to a good race here, and I wish you all the best of luck. 
Thank you, Chad. And you as well. This has been great. Thank I you. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. No. And thank you to everybody that tuned in to listen today. We appreciate that as well. And we'll see you next time in the spotlight. Hi, this is Zach Happenstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise 48 Equity. At Rise 48, we've successfully purchased 38 different properties worth over $1.5 billion worth of real estate and gone full cycle and sold 11 different properties, drastically exceeding projections for our investors. If you're looking to invest with an experienced sponsor in either the Phoenix, Arizona, or Dallas, Texas markets, then we're the group for you. To learn more about investing with us, visit our website at rise48equity.com and set up a call with me. Thank you. With inflation on the rise, private debt may provide the short-term hedge you're looking for. Spartan Investment Group identifies low-risk investment opportunities that offer predictable returns. The numbers speak for themselves. From 2018 to 2021, they grew revenue by over 3,500%. Their private debt boasts stable monthly payments and a short repayment horizon. And since it's backed by self-storage and a personal guarantee, you can invest with confidence. To learn more, visit Spartan-Investors.com. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.